You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. I am your host, Isaiah Thomas. And today, I have one of the best, in my opinion, bright young coaches, although we are getting a little long in the tooth, <laughs> the head coach of the Algonac Muskrats, Mr. Brian Ranger. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, young is a, is a stretch now, but... Hey, we, we still look good, though. That's, that's the point. That's the whole thing. Trying, so. trying. You better than me, probably. But <laughs> Well, you know, we try. Um, it's kind of a convoluted roundabout way how I know Brian. So you got to go back to my MCC days. I was yeah. one of Brian's teammates. To me, yeah. one of the greatest technicians I've ever got to work out with, Mr. Kenny Thomas, who's a four-time All-Stater, three-time finalist and was a junior college All-American at MCC, and then went to Elmhurst and was a Division Three All-American. Um, yeah, and actually, uh, he's uh, my best friend. He's the best man at my wedding, uh, my daughter's godfather, and all that kind of stuff. So, very cool. Good guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got us, uh, hooked us up in terms of networking. Uh-huh. And, and, and Kenny, it's kind of funny, because when we would um, uh, go to, like, different tournaments when we were in college, it would be like, yeah, I'm the other Thomas brother. You didn't know? <laughs> So yeah, it was, uh, the like, oh, yeah. You know, they kind of brother <laughs> from definitely a different mother, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a great gag. It really is. So, it really uh, is. Yeah, like and, uh, great, great uh, that, that was uh, that I I I came visit you guys a little bit when you were at MCC, and uh, you guys had some really really talented wrestlers from uh, you know the state of Michigan, and even I I think you had some kids from outside of Michigan too. But those are some good days back in the day, MCC. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could you know, Tony Ferguson, Omar Ortiz, Billy mm-hmm. Johnson, who, who I interviewed uh, a couple episodes past, and um, they're all like now it's all drawing a blank. Uh, oh, Margaret there was that. Nate Garcia, uh, who is uh, Kenny got beat by uh, Wilmar Esteban from Wilmar Raven, Esteban, uh, yeah, one of the challenge matches. Nate Sturgis, um, Lambro Catalis was there for a while. Yep, uh, so just a lot, there. a lot of talent. Joe Tulip. And uh, Tony Harmer, you know, I get, the list goes on and on um, how many kids we had on the MCC squad those two years that I was there. And, and maybe one of these days I'll do a podcast on that. I, I've already yeah. talked about doing a podcast on Valley teams uh, from, from 2000, 2010 that had some studs from the state of Michigan, which I think gets really undervalued. Um, it's a little bit better now, but I think people fail to realize how many studs we really had back in those days uh when you're talking about like the simmons brothers picard uh right. joe zolni of holt uh, john cox of grand haven i mean there's so many uh, Pit, uh zamar Pittman, ainsworth uh, i had uh dan thompson in my weight class he had to be an american <laughs> down the citadel he was a yep. beast howard tri county yep yeah, so it, it, it's just it's just crazy. And the, uh, John Dickerson meeting Rapids. I mean, I could just listen. Oh yeah. But but I I think that they when when you look at the big picture, like Ohio gets a lot of love, or or Illinois gets a lot of love. But I think Michigan back then didn't get the recognition that it deserved. Outside of when uh, Brett Metcalf went on his incredible run with the four state titles as yeah. an individual team, and then obviously what he did at the collegian level, and then Davison as as a whole. But that's a podcast for another time. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> definitely making a bigger imprint on the national level, though. Yes, for yes, sure. most definitely. Uh, and then the next time I saw Brian was actually at the Hall of Fame banquet, um, the fall of twenty twenty of twenty thirteen. Um, 
we kind of we talked and conversed everything it was really cool to catch up with you and then we've just been you know friends ever since and and, and been cheering on each other and our and thankfully we've never actually had to wrestle each other our teams have never wrestled each other or had any individuals because uh like i tell people before when you're when you're competing against your friends like you want to win but at the same time a lot easier to just be like hey i want to to victory and i remember watching your uh your heavyweight i believe was your champion um yep. at the school with Fort you Field. as a head coach so but yep. i yep. won't i won't take up you guys did get us time. uh no i remember we we you guys beat us up at uh boudreau one year you were you were you were, you were somewhere else so you had to have a yeah. parent i think bring your team and uh yeah i was texting you throughout the day uh you had a pretty good <laughs> squad that year yeah. yeah yeah i remember though i was there the first three days and then i had like uh one of my family friends his uh his sister had passed away so they had the funeral and like i tell yeah. my athletes all the time family comes first Yep. And I was, and I knew that our team was in good hands with uh, Coach Rex Steiner, and and, yep. and they wrestled phenomenal, from what I heard. And I appreciate yep. all the texts. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we, and we had a pretty good year going into that that 2019. Uh, so, but anyways, yep. no, enough about me. More about you. You're the <laughs> you're the feature here. Uh, tell me how you got involved in this great sport of wrestling. Yeah, so um, probably a little different than maybe some of the other people that have been on the podcast or just some of the other coaches running around Toronto State. I didn't start wrestling until I was 12, uh, until sixth grade, actually. So I was, uh, for whatever reason, kind of resistant. My dad was um, actually a state qualifier um, for Warren Woods High School, so he had wrestled. My uncles had wrestled. So, you know, uh, he didn't he didn't really push me into it, and I tried every sport probably under the sun until – wrestling um mm-hmm. i was always you know i'm a pretty small guy so i was always this, the smallest guy in the baseball team and the hockey team and the football team but for whatever reason i wanted to try all those even basketball uh but then uh like you said kenny thomas my my best friend he uh he had been wrestling since he could walk and his dad was always on me about uh, giving it a try giving it a shot so um our school back in the day you could start doing middle school wrestling before seventh and eighth grade so uh-huh. they finally got me to start it in sixth grade uh, they dragged me down to Flat Rock for a tournament. Flat Rock used to host this big elementary tournament. And my first match, <laughs> I didn't know who the kid was at the time. I have to wrestle Casey Steffen, who was probably, what, 230 and two in yep. high school. Uh, multiple-time state champ, only lost in the semis twice. So I get pinned in eight seconds. And I I want not, I want, I was trying to rip my singlet off. So I told mom, I'm like, I'm done with this. I hate this. It's stupid. I'm just, I'm embarrassed. Uh, so Kenny's dad talked me off the cliff there and, uh, got me to wrestle the next couple matches and I ended up winning the next three matches and ended up taking second, got a medal. Long story short, you know, I, my mindset changed throughout the day, uh, big time, um, from hating the sport to, wow, hey, this is actually kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, actually so we had two more tournaments that year. And I was only 60 pounds, so uh, I only had one kid in my bracket both times, and I ended up winning first both those tournaments. And the kid actually was for my team, um, so it wasn't that great, wasn't that impressive of a debut season. But I got two wall charts, a second place medal, and uh, you know I got to go against a couple guys my own size, so I liked it. Uh, seventh grade, similar, you know, a lot of times didn't have a lot of guys uh, my own size. Um, I actually got into a, a back and forth with a nice guy, awesome guy. Now um, we, we were pretty friendly rivals. Glenn Paul Murray ended up being mm-hmm. a state runner up for uh, Anchor Bay. Um, mm-hmm. So he was like the only guy in the area my size. So we went back and forth. And then uh, I won a tournament. Another, you know, the wall chart was about as big as me. So I'm like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> um, you know, uh, mom and dad are like, hey, you want to go to like a wrestling camp or something after the season? I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. So I went with Kenny to Michigan State. And then I think I went to a wrestling camp. You know, even now I'm still taking kids to camp. I think I've been to a camp now for almost summers. 
Um, wow. So I was slow getting into it. But then once I realized that, hey, uh, you know, I was going to be the third string point guard on the basketball team. And, you know, I ended up playing high school football, but, you know, I was obviously an ankle blader. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I realized that this was something that I could go against guys my own size and be fairly successful, um, you know, it kind of caught on. And then uh, Coach Hamlin, who I'll talk about more, you know, was like a second father to me. He uh, he came down, saw that we had a really good middle school group. Kenny's dad uh, basically got all of Kenny's friends to wrestle. And we were all fairly athletic and we had gone to school since, you know, first grade together. So we're all very close, uh, tight-knit group. And Coach Hamlin, I remember him coming down. He called his shot. He said, guys, like, if you guys stay together, we can wrestle for a state title. And he had already kind of started Transformer Richmond a little bit. In 1996, they were state runners up. Um, so, like, it wasn't that far-fetched. We're like, wow, okay, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. He's telling us we can win a state title. So then we just started – I mean, he had a big old van, and he just started driving us all over the place besides just the camps. I mean, he would take us to uh, Clarkston to learn from the game. And um, uh, Trello would meet us there and teach us how to run the legs. And we would go to Lapeer West and uh, Roger Kish's dad would run practices. Um, and we'd go to Davison and, and Roy Hall would run us through practices. So we just started traveling. And so in a short amount of time, I think I got caught up pretty quick just because I caught that bug. And 25 years later, I still got it. Uh, <laughs> but I was definitely late. Uh, yeah, 12 is is pretty late when you talk to these kids nowadays. But, you know, you always hear about those like Steve Frazier's and even my college coach, Steve Marinetti. He didn't start wrestling until ninth grade, and he was an NCAA champ. So it can happen. I would highly recommend starting before 12 now, but <laughs> I spent a lot of summers. I spent a lot of summers trying to play catch up um, just because, uh, you know, a lot of these guys had started before me. But I love it. Um, you know, obviously still around it, got all my kids doing it. Uh, it just made a big impact on me um, life lesson-wise personally. And then athletic-wise, it was the best thing for me just because my size for sure. Oh, yeah. no, uh, And – one of the things that I talk about on the podcast a lot is just that everybody has a different path into wrestling. I started wrestling in sixth grade, just like you did. Yeah. And, and probably the big difference was, you know, you were 50, 60 pounder. I was a 140 pounder in sixth grade. Right. So eighth graders probably. <laughs> right. And I think it always depends on size wise. It just seems like the, the wrestling is different. The smaller you are, if that makes any sense. 100%. And I, and I don't think that there's a, you know, cause people like say, well, the bigger they are, the less athletic guys I would, disagree with that i think yeah. the bigger they are the easier more athletic but what ends up happening is the smaller you are the more scrambles you can get into and it turns into a funk mess so to speak yeah yeah yep higher levels yep. then it kind of the athleticism grows even more that you're seeing heavyweights doing funky <laughs> positions you right. know you're watching gable stevenson or adam coon out there doing things you're like how the heck did they get in that and they what you know yeah they wrestle through it it's amazing yeah, and, and, and it's amazing how, how wrestling has changed. So, and, and George Hamlin, who, who I'll probably talk about a little bit, I met him at the same Hall of Fame uh, banquet, and, and I I was just blown away. Uh, that guy exudes class and excellence, and it's no surprise that he had the success that he did, um, really building Richmond into the the power that they had. Day is doing a terrific job. So is Preston Trend. Yep. Um, uh, the coaches over there. So that's yep. my my shout out to George Ham. <laughs> yeah. And so what's crazy is a lot of people don't know. Like George only wrestled two years himself. He he was a basketball player, and I've actually seen him play in the staff uh, basketball game. He's got a pretty good three point shot. Um. So he didn't start wrestling until his junior and senior year down in high school, down in uh, Plymouth, Plymouth Salem, I believe, maybe or maybe okay. on South Lyon. He's down there from down that way. So he only wrestled twice. Um, you know, his brothers, they kind of got into it late. 
Um, but then he ended up coaching down in South Lyon, ended up coaching um, Devin Skaska's dad, Denny Skaska, down there in South Lyon. And, but he was one of the first ones to admit, like, I don't know everything about wrestling in terms of technique, especially because he was new to the sport, only wrestling twice in high school. So he he would go with us to go watch Torella show us the legs, and he'd have a notebook with him, and he'd be writing things down. He was learning just along with us. So I think I took a, I take some of that um, from him. You know, I'm still on flow wrestling. Now I got the wrestling vault, and I'm constantly watching – moves and technique because you know i'm not a national champion i'm not an olympic level wrestler i'm not i don't got it all figured out from a technique standpoint so uh he was always you can never learn too much um so i, I don't think a lot of people know that he didn't actually have this amazing amateur wrestling background himself um but he taught himself in, to become a great coach and then when it comes to like a matchup standpoint and like running a program you know i think he's just unparalleled so maybe it was a little lacking on the technique uh standpoint but he he learned to make up for that uh, he, you know, he brought in assistant coaches like Dennis Skatska that was a college All-American to show us stuff and wrestle with us. Um, but just, you know, very humble on the technique side. But, man, did that guy – I mean, I could I could listen to that guy talk wrestling strategy forever. <laughs> I, I did on the school buses. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you're right. Those guys uh, at Richmond now have continued that tradition. I mean, year in and year out, they field an amazing team. And uh, when he started at Richmond, they were close to getting rid of the program. They didn't have enough singlets for everyone. They were awful in the uh, early 90s. And uh, he really turned around. He really taught that town how to win. And now uh, wrestling was the first one to kind of pop. And now they're winning cheerleading state titles, softball state titles. They won soccer. They won baseball. I was runners up. Uh, so really taught that town how to win. And I think that's uh, that's something I'm really happy to have uh, wrestling under him for. Awesome. So after high school, you know, you were a four-time qualifier and a two-time placer, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so after well, high school, high school. Uh, it was great, great experience. We we wrestled a ton of matches. George was uh, was a little eccentric on that. He made us wrestle like all dual meet matches. Um, he thought that would better prep our team for team success at the end. And he got in a little argument with uh, Bill Bupp at the time and the Macomb County coaches. So long story short, we wrestled only dual meets. So like one year, I, I think I had sixty six matches. And back then, you could have the few more dates. So I think I'm sure you had a lot of matches too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just crazy and. Uh, you know, I look back individually, I wish I would have done a little bit better. Um, I didn't manage my weight as well as I should have. And I just, you know, I, I know we, I always wrestled better for the team than I did individually. So I'm a little bummed that I did do better at the Palace or Joe Lewis. But, um, you know, won over 190 matches for the Blue Devils. So I was, you know, always proud to represent that singlet. And uh, we had some great times in high school. And, uh, you know, learned a lot. Learned a lot about how I want to prepare my kids to wrestle for high school matches. And even, uh, you know, a couple of tips that maybe could help me back in the day. But we didn't know. I mean, 20 years ago, we didn't talk about wrestling mindset and, you know, nutrition like we do now. Um, I think, you know, if I had a little bit better nutrition and I I needed somebody in my ear constantly telling me that you can beat this guy, you can beat this guy. I was a lot of times my own worst enemy inside my head. Um, So, like, you know, I've been working with Mike Moore a little bit on that wrestling mindset. And it's just, man, I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known that 20 years ago, you know, some of these things. But, uh I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know, uh, winning two team state titles still to me is the greatest thing besides my, my family, my kids. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm happy with how high school went. But yeah, after high school, because I cut so much weight my senior year, um, I hated wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I had a shoebox full of schools that wanted me to wrestle for them. And uh, I put that shoebox under my uh, my bed and said, I'm done wrestling. I'm not losing weight ever again. I'm not stepping out of scale. So I ended up just going to Western Michigan for a year because I wanted to get away from wrestling um just because it the the cutting weight really burned me out and Mm -hmm. then after a year at or after half a year western you know i was maybe having a little too much fun my grades were still good but i was 
you know what I'm saying? You've been to Western Prague. I was having a little, was having a, a little too much fun, and I, I just, like, I felt something was missing, and it was sports, and I tried supplementing it with, you know, I played intramural flag football and tennis yeah. and soccer, but it just wasn't the same. I had to get back into the competitive juices, and I didn't like my college major at the time. I was a, I was a business major, and I just sat down with my mom and even talked to Coach Hamblin. I'm like, well, I kind of want to be a teacher, and uh, if I'm going to be a teacher, I kind of want to be a coach, and I figured the best way to coach wrestling is – to wrestle in college and, and, and expand that network a little bit more. So I ended up dusting off that shoebox after a year and uh, called all those coaches that had sent me letters and went on a few visits and uh, ended up down in Chicago, which so uh, it was kind of crazy. But yeah, I, for a whole year, that was the, in the last 25 years, that's the only year I've taken off is that year after high school. Just uh, was a little burnout. Yeah. So I went to I went to Western and then uh, you know actually when I was at Western I came and watched you guys wrestle at MCC I came uh, and watched Kenny wrestle a bit and I'm like well I saw some kids that I'd actually beaten in high school and I'm like dude <laughs> I can I can I can wrestle at this level I know I can obviously you know I got the grades you know people want me um, it's just I gotta commit to doing that again that's a lifestyle as you know it's a lifestyle you can't just pick and choose when you want to show up to college wrestling it's a lifestyle right. so um, I, uh, I I went on a few visits went down to Finley. Um, down in Ohio, actually had yep. a great visit down there. Went on a couple of visits up in uh, Wisconsin, uh, but in a couple down in Illinois. And then I found um, Elmhurst in Chicago, uh, which they had a new coach. He was a Division One uh, national champion, Lincoln McElravey. And just the idea of Chicago was um, so cool to me because I came from Richmond, which was a small town, dirt roads, and just living <laughs> 10 minutes from downtown Chicago. I can take the train in my backyard to downtown. It just sounded cool. And then I just remember on the uh, the recruiting visit, um, the 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 guy that was taking me around said, hey, "Oh yeah, you know our uh, demographics are about sixty nine percent female and about thirty one percent male." And I'm like, "Sign me up!" So, um, <laughs> and, and I met my wife there two years later, uh, you know, and uh, and, I, and we've been together ever since. So it worked out, um, you know. I'm you know student loan wise, maybe not the greatest idea, but uh, it worked out well. Um, and yeah, just randomly that little kid from, uh, from Richmond ends up in big city, Chicago somehow because of wrestling. So pretty uh, neat. It's crazy. We're, we're wrestling. You know, I've been in Niagara Falls, been in Wisconsin, I have cheese curds in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So, Culver's uh, now. Been to, uh, the, the Canadian side, we actually, we'd wrestled, uh, two years. We went to Canada. Yeah. Just the. Uh, yeah. Got to travel yep. and, and make those memories, and it's uh, it's a family. I, I I don't use the term brotherhood anymore because wrestling is becoming more diverse um, with mm-hmm. the inclusion of female competitors. So um, right, it's, it's been families. Uh, family's pretty uh, accurate. That's that's what we say at yeah. the MMA practice. And I feel like you yeah. guys traveled even because you're. You, I mean, the JUCO conferences were a little bit more spread out than. Uh, you know, my college was Elmhurst, and we wrestled mostly Illinois, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Iowa schools. So we did mostly travel. You know, like that in those surrounding states. But you guys were always bouncing around everywhere. But I yeah. do remember we used to always go to Las Vegas for this tournament, uh, these duels, and we'd be out there at the Flamingo uh, Casino and be wrestling in these like <laughs> in these ballrooms, and they'd have these chandeliers and all that, and they'd be playing like Christmas music. And we're wrestling Wartburg, who's like the national D1, D3 national champions. And yeah. I, I'm trying to fight off my back, not get pinned by this stud. And I just see these chandeliers in my eyes. And uh, Chris, you know, Strassi, the snowman's playing. And it's just wild, you know, some of the things that you get to see. That's why I hope my kids want to get into it, just so we can, you know, start taking some wrestling vacations. Um, yeah. Because there's cool stuff out there. 
<laughs> oh, that would be fun. It would be fun. So you went to Elmhurst, and yep. and um, it, what was it like? Because Elmhurst is Division Three, right? Correct. Yeah, at the Division Three level. Um. Well, so I got there. Um. Again, I'd taken a year off. Uh. One of the guys in the team, like first day, says, "Hey, hey, you want to go drill?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> no." And that was probably my answer for like the first month. You know, I'm acclimating to new school surroundings. Sixty nine percent girls out there. You know, right? So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, drilling was not really on my agenda. I wish I would have <laughs> drilled because it was a lot <laughs> harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. No, it, it, yeah, they say Division Three, but man, those schools, like especially uh, uh, those Warburg schools out there in Iowa and um, the uh, Augsburg up in Minneapolis, a lot of those times they get either like kids that left D1 um, that transfer down or kids that maybe are could go D1 that just want to stay around their hometown. So mm-hmm. I ran into some buzz saws. I don't think I scored a, uh, uh, a takedown in the room or in a match uh, for quite some time that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily I didn't have to be in the starting line at my first year and could kind of just kind of gradually acclimate. But I remember yep. sophomore year, they needed me, uh, in the starting lineup pretty quickly. And, uh, junior and senior year, I was ready for it. Sophomore year, not quite ready for it. We had like Ricardo mm-hmm. Lamas, uh, who's in the UFC now or was yeah. in the UFC. Uh, he was, you know, we had some pretty good, we were top 10 in the country every year uh, when I was in the lineup. So we were legit. And so I think the first time I was in the starting lineup, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go dual NIU. It's going to be awesome d1 team we get to use the big arena all that kind of stuff i'm like oh sweet and then i see i got sam hyatt who's ranked like seventh in division one <laughs> uh that was the first time i got teched uh, not the last time but it was the first time i got teched and that's a humble mm. experience but you know they tell you you're gonna wrestle d3 and uh uh i i don't think i was prepared for the the, the level is still pretty high um and my coach again like he, he wanted us to be one of those warpers and those augsburg so he wrestled a pretty uh ambitious um D3 schedule, I would say. Um, So it definitely uh, opened my eyes. And uh, I really, after that first year, started realizing, hey, I can't just show up during wrestling season. So I started running, which I mean, you have talked a lot about uh, we both like to run. So I started running. Uh, I was, I, we never lifted weights, Richmond. We never lifted Coach Hamlin. We never lifted weights. So I, I got to college wrestling and they're like, all right, do some power cleans, squats. And I didn't even know what a power clean was. It was embarrassing. Um, So I, um, I, I knew I kind of wasn't going to be, you know, this muscle head. It was kind of late in the game to kind of get on the upper echelon of, you know, strength wrestling. So I just tried to lift as much as I could to, you know, get at least survivable. But I really just started uh, running a lot just so I could push the pace. Because that seven minute, you know, that extra minute in that first period uh, is brutal if you're not prepared for it. So really just started focusing on that. I was always pretty good on my feet. So uh, I knew I wasn't going to be a, a big riding time guy. But um, yeah. so just started uh, – training a little bit more, getting a little bit better. Uh, luckily, I had some really good 125. I was 133. Um, I had some really good 125 pounders. Um, Josh Oster, his brother actually wrestled D1 at uh, Northwestern. Josh mm-hmm. Oster was our uh, national champion 125 pounder. So earlier, me and you were talking about scrambling before the podcast started, and I didn't know how to scramble either until I started wrestling this kid at practice. <laughs> and if I wanted to score, I had to learn how to scramble. So uh, mm-hmm. just really, you know, uh, adding some strength, uh, training year round, um, and then uh, just learning a little bit more about college wrestling, scrambling, and watching video. You know, I can't, I can't. I, my coach asked me so many times in college, "Hey, you want to come up watch some video?" And I didn't take him up on that offer every single time, and it's another one of those regrets I have, just because mm-hmm. there's so much I could have learned just from watching those matches. But I also wasn't used to losing as much, um, and I couldn't mm-hmm. lose as much as I did in college. So I think it was hard for me sometimes to suck it up and sometimes watch those matches on on film in front of my coach, you know, but I looking back on as a coach now, I'm like, man, 
why didn't I sit down and watch those matches with my coach, you know? Right. No, I agree. We, we all we'll have our regrets and, and yeah. I, I just remember college wrestling, just every day in practice, like, you know, I, where I wrestled at Lansing Everett, I was the best kid in my room for my sophomore year on. There yeah. was very, outside the people they would bring in for me to work out with, like there wasn't a kid in the room that I wasn't beating um, pretty easily. So you right. go to, you go to college and it's like every man, every, like, Every practice is a <laughs> state finals level match when yeah. you go to in the sessions because oh, I yeah. didn't know how to drill. You know, you, you yeah. learn from youth and then you get to high school. And depending on the program you're at, I'm, I, I believe those higher end programs do a better job of drilling per se, but they also have, you know, the numbers. So in college is where I really learned how to drill. Right even as assistant head coach said, we have to drill X amount of times and we have to drill chain wrestling. We have to do these things because we get into a match, you know, it's not as robotic. I'm not just going to hit a high crotch and then finish more often than I'm going to hit the high crotch. And then two things are going to happen. We're either going to be in a crackdown position or I'm switching off to a double. Right. Then it's not going to be well, all rainbows and sunshine. So, so yeah. you, finish, <laughs> you finish your career at Elmhurst. You obviously come back to Michigan. How did you end up at Algonac? Yeah, so uh, finished up, you know, I didn't, I, college-wise, I just really wanted to finish my career, you know, get to be a letter winner. I was, you know, my mom was proud of the academic All-American, all that stuff, biggest nerd on the team. But uh, I was uh, I was just happy to be done because I knew, like, that would be, I needed a network um, to break into, you know, coaching. So I, I got a teaching job right away down in um, the Chicagoland area, Downers Grove, and uh, I was assistant there for a year. And then I got a, um, a teaching job at a, a different school, Oswego East, another year. And uh, I moved out there. And, uh, you know, I was an assistant for three three years out there. And no offense to those guys. Some of those guys are great. If they listen to this podcast, I don't want to step on their toes and, and offend them at all. But I wanted to be a head coach. I kind of was running. Uh, they were football coaches and wrestling coaches. I was just a wrestling coach, right? So I was running hmm. pretty much the off-season program. And then even during the season, I was still running a lot of practices. I'm like, I can I can run my own program. Um, I know it's probably not going to be here because the guy wants to be here for a while. So I started applying um, other places and I actually was having a very hard time in Illinois getting um, even an interview for a head coaching position. A lot of the emails I kept getting back were, hey, we're looking for someone with more experience. It's a little older. I mean, I was only like 24 at the time. So I was young. Um, you know, I didn't have a ton of stuff on my resume. And then, you know, Richmond, Michigan is a huge draw here in Michigan, but in Illinois, they didn't really know <laughs> who Richard <laughs> Michigan was. So right. uh, my my resume didn't look quite as impressive in Illinois, I don't think, as it did probably back here in Michigan. So um, I started talking to my, at that point now, I'd become my fiance who's from that area um, about, you know, I wanted to move back to Michigan. I got a lot of family up here. She has a small family in Chicago. So we talked about that and how we'd rather you know, start a family in a small town than like the suburbs of Chicago. So she actually found a job first in Michigan. Hmm. Um, right. she's, a speech, she's a speech pathologist that's got a master's degree from Northwestern, so she can work like anywhere. She's yeah. super smart. That's a fantastic so, job. I got she, a lot of speech yeah. pathologists from Yep, so. yep. So she got a job at St. Clair, and she's actually still there, East China Schools. Um, mm -hmm. And I, they were starting a wrestling program, brand new. And actually, Kevin McKernan, who's boys wrestle for Richmond, um, great wrestlers, great family. My mom's had all of his kids in first grade. Um, <laughs> so he was going to be the coach because he was a gym teacher there. 
And he's like, well, I really would rather coach football, but I'm going to start this program. And if you want to be my co-head coach, let's do it. So they didn't have a teaching job at the time. So I was just going to substitute and I was going to be St. Clair High School's head coach. And then in August, um, Elginac had a job open up and Coach Hamlin uh, told me about it. And, I, you know, he's on my uh, resume. So I said, all right, I'll apply for it. And um, they gave me an interview and um, I they said, hey, you want the job? And I said, sure, I'll take the job. Just so you know, though, I did agree to be St. Clair uh, as wrestling coach because Elginac already had a wrestling coach at the time. And so they're like, hang on, let's call you back. So then they called me back like 10 minutes later and said, hey, will you be our co-head wrestling coach here? And then obviously still teach here. So my dream had always been to uh, teach and coach at the same school. Right. Um, and it's, it's hard, as you know, it's hard to teach yeah. at a school, pack your car up, drive, have those kids waiting for you. Mm -hmm. You know, just not being in the building is just so hard. So, uh, you know, I felt bad because I had told the St. Clair coach and I had told some of the kids that I was going to coach St. Clair. But I also said, hey, Elginac is, you know, kind of taking a leap of faith here and hiring me for the teaching job, which is what my career is. So I kind of want to be loyal to them. So uh, they understood. Um, and I started coaching at Elginac kind of, again, it was kind of random that it just kind of opened up. But, you know, I'm a big believer things happen for a reason. So right. literally August, yeah. August of that first year, um, I, I was just going to be a substitute teacher. So we were literally like three weeks before the school year started. I got a teaching job and you know, I hate to say the rest is history because hopefully we still got some history to make, but, um, <laughs> we, uh, you know, 10 years later, I'm still, uh, teaching social studies here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, things happen for a reason and before I guess my coach in the building is so powerful for a program yes very rarely have you found successful programs at least in wrestling from what i've seen that has that doesn't have ex that teaching staff or in the support staff that see the kids day in i think it just, it yeah. just, it's just easier you get access to the grades you uh you see them you could when they mess up with the teacher you can uh, correct the behavior right away versus wait until you get there at practice. So there's so many different. Oh, and, and I, as we're fighting the numbers battle, I mean, that's been critical for me to be uh, in the building, um, pulling kids out of the hallway saying, Hey, you got to try wrestling. I mean, when I first got to Elginac, I think we had 12 kids maybe on the team, um, mm -hmm. but we were avoiding four weight classes. You know, right. there's no way you win dual meets like that. So right. I think uh, I'm pretty proud. Usually we have about 30 kids on the team, which we only have about 400 some kids in high school now. So um, we have a good size high school team, good size middle school team, good size club. And uh, it's, you know, just from kind of pounding the pavement. And one of the cool things about our school is uh, six, seven years ago, we consolidated our middle school into our high school. So I actually teach middle school and high school in the same day. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching eighth grade. And if a kid hasn't tried wrestling by middle school, they got me down there middle school, at least kind of planting the seed. And then, like you said, high school, I mostly just kind of keep an eye on them in high school. You know, if they haven't started wrestling by high school, I'm really not trying to recruit too many of those kids anymore. Uh, we can fill <laughs> weight classes and it's just so hard. I mean, if they don't start till 10th grade, I mean, it's, it's very, very hard to get them caught up. So I mean, the better the athlete, I mean, it goes back to like the Jake Herbert based oh, wrestling thing. Yeah. Uh, the better the athlete, the easier it is to catch them up. And depending on what weight class they're at, um, right. I had a kid at Western, uh, Cody Oaks, never wrestled to his freshman year, but he was a great athlete, great hips. He ends up being a two-time state qualifier for us and state placer for us as a senior. He was one of the main, you know, we have several kids 
on a 2014 team regional team, but he was the one. He gets a pin against Greenville. It takes the pressure off of Jake Allery, where it's like, Jake, you just got to go out and just win your match. If you get bonus yeah. points, great. Um, yep. but, so, yeah, I mean, oh, it, it, those it, kids it, are huge. Yeah you, need, yeah, you need some of those kids. You absolutely. And I'm always looking for those kind of kids. But, uh, yeah, so it, it, like you said, you got to be in the, you got to at least have one coach in the building. It's yeah. it's almost impossible not to have someone in the building. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, what is your advice to those uh, coaches that are looking to get their skin in the game, so to speak? Uh, and, and they want to know, like, what does it take to be successful? Because one of the things that you're, you're coaching at Algonac, and there, there's several in Division Two, Division Three, Richmond. We've mentioned uh, Mary Tough also. Um, what is your advice to those coaches? That are like, man, I, what do I need to do to be successful? Yeah, well, uh, you got to be patient. I'm still telling that myself because, uh, like you said, especially in certain areas, you know, if you're in a hotbed area, um, you know, Richmond, and then our whole conference, BWAC is tough. I got one with Tower, Dakota. You know, Macomb County's pretty loaded. Uh, just is it, it? You know, what's the saying? Rome wasn't built in the day. Um, right. So it's going to take some time. You know, overnight success is pretty pretty hard but you also got to find I mean like I was lucky my second year we got put into a fairly easy district we won districts um you know we we've had a winning record pretty much since my second year so you know finding some things like that where kids get excited you know our first state placer and you know you know stuff like that for a thing you know things that the program can kind of build on um but yeah it's it's it, it can be frustrating because it doesn't happen as fast as you want it to happen um, I also kind of came in like with that coach Hamlin mentality, like that I don't have everything figured out and I'm going to try to learn as much as I can so I can accelerate this process for us getting better because, you know, I'm a competitor. I don't like to lose. Um, but you also got to do things the right way and, and it right. doesn't happen overnight. So like me and you, we, we, uh, we reunited at those coaching clinics and then every year I'd look forward to seeing you, um, because you were like me where you come in, you would always have your notebook or me, you know, we'd have something to write stuff down and, you know, we're hearing Tim Roberts from Dundee tell me how he runs his program and you know hearing um you know all these different coaches that have done it that w at a level where we want to do it and they're they're willing to share some of those uh tips and strategies so a lot of things that i do are basically just a combination of what i learned from coach hamlin my college coach and then all these phenomenal coaches here in michigan and what's amazing is so many of them are willing to uh, share and be mentors you know greg mayer from uh, warwood's tower you know, I, I call him up. He, he'll tell me things. Uh, uh, you know, I'm down there wrestling Dundee two years ago uh, down in Ohio, and uh, I'm talking to Tim and his assistant Garrett before we're wrestling, and he's giving me all kinds of tips too. And he doesn't have to do that. We're in the same division. We're going to probably have individuals wrestle each other. We're, we're an hour away from wrestling each other in a dual meet, and we're going to have you wrestle each other later on the year too, individually at least. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have to do that kind of stuff. So it, it's refreshing that those coaches are willing to do that. And, you know, hopefully uh, coaches feel okay to approach me on that stuff. I don't think I'm really in a position really to be sharing too much stuff because I still think that we, we haven't accomplished as much as, uh, as these other coaches have. But it's just uh, – you just got to ask questions. You just got to be willing to uh, accept that you don't know everything and be willing to grow and evolve with the sport. And uh, also just make sure that the kids – um, have a good time. And, and that's what I'm finding out. Even like myself, you know, I kind of got burned out at the end of my own high school career. So just doing things to make sure that they enjoy themselves. They realize that, yes, you know, winning states or, you know, becoming a state qualifier placer is, you know, a great goal to have, but also, you know, making sure you enjoy the, uh, the journey. It's not just all about the destination too. Well said, Brian, well said. I, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. It's, uh, it, it is fitting that the journey is kind of the part that you have to enjoy the most. And 
So we get to yeah, get the goal. But going through the heartache and the pain to get there makes it makes that end so much sweeter. So uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> well, I appreciate having you on, Brian. As always, man, continue friendship. Poor kid, that drive me crazy. You're probably, you still have more head of hair than I do, so. Yeah, it's hanging in there a little bit, but yeah, they uh, they're getting into sports themselves, so it's kind of cool. Um, wrestling a little bit, but uh, soccer, they love soccer. So uh, you know me, I, if we were playing table tennis, I'd be trying to win. So it's whatever, whatever these kids want to do, I support them, and um, I'm just I just want them to uh, you know, strive to to achieve at a high level, just like my wrestlers. So I don't care what it's in, if it's in gymnastics, soccer, wrestling, um, just to try to do their best, and that's what I'm trying to get here at Algonac too. Well said, well said, Brian. Well, thank you so much, and you have yourself a good day. You too, man. It's great talking to you. Thanks, Isaiah. Yep. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.